Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. My name is John. I'm joined with our executive director, Micah Gamboa, and our special guest again, Mr. Jeff Shaw. If you guys remember episode 42, we did an interview with Jeff. And so if you haven't watched that, go ahead and hit pause, go back and watch that so you can catch up in this part two episode. We're so excited to have Jeff back in town with us here in Houston. And let's just start with talking about y'all's first connection. I think... The history is super important. I don't know that we touched on that a lot mm. the last time Jeff was here. So talk about the first time you guys met. Well, Jeff, why don't you start? Because sure. you probably remember it better than I did. So I remember as the Ministry Rescue Houston mm. was just a vision at that point in time. And they brought us out here to talk and train about how the rescue hotline was going to look. But part of that trip was connecting with Elijah Rising, who was one of the key partners and players in the city. And so the way I first got introduced to Elijah Rising is y'all had just taken possession Mm -hmm. of a building that had been a brothel. And so the the founder was like, you got to come out and see this place, like super passionate. (laughs) So we get out there and it was exciting. Like it, it was this shell of a building. It was super dark and dank. And honestly, you could... Dang. There was like a physical <laughs> aspect, but there is a spiritual yeah. weight to it as well. Yeah. And walking through, seeing the way it had been set up, knowing what had happened in there, but then mm. also seeing these team members like scrubbing floors and mopping up water <laughs> so that was like sad. leaking through the ceiling. And yes, right. Micah was one of those people. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I'm, I met Micah as, as someone who was part of the team and who mm. um, the founder just held in high regard. It was very clear. But... Yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, these are my people. (laughs) We're in this crazy place doing this crazy thing, and they're telling this vision of turning this brothel into, like, a museum so people could really see and experience what life might have been like for those that were exploited there. Um, And so that, along with, on that same weekend, the times of prayer that we had together and Mm -hmm. the the demonstration of unity Mm -hmm. that Elijah Rising was vocalizing towards his partners. Even back then, Mm -hmm. it was, again, just my people. So that that foundation had always been there, but there wasn't, Mm -hmm. we were in Atlanta, y'all were in Houston. There wasn't a whole lot to necessarily do together Mm -hmm. practically at the time. So that was my first recollection of meeting Elijah Rising. And I love to hear from Micah's perspective. Yeah, Yeah, that was uh, 2013, I think. Mm. So that was uh, quite a while ago. Gosh, almost 10 years ago. Um, yeah, I remember it was so ex- such as an exciting time because um, Rescue America was just in its infancy formation, like formative, not even years. I don't think they had even been around. So just to see someone who had been a few steps ahead of them, kind of mentoring them, which yeah. was you guys, um, was really, really special. And then we kind of, like you said, we kind of like, you know, went along our business. We're in separate uh, states, so it didn't have a lot of interaction, but then ran into the... Um, Actually, it was just you at the at the conference, but he was an adjunct professor for the mentorship, oh, wow. the Safe Home Mentorship Program that mm-hmm. Elijah Rising was going through. And I was like, I know you. What's going on with you? And then you shared your long-term vision, which 
well, I'll just back up. So ever since, you know, Rescue America was, was launched, we had women like exiting the life and those numbers kept increasing year over year. So part of our story was, uh oh, <laughs> like we, we have to be able to house the women. And yeah. so we were praying for, long story short is like we were praying for long-term care. So mm-hmm. housing, and then the Lord asked us to do it, which we were not expecting. Yeah. Fast forward a little while, we have realized in our work of long-term care that there's a still a gap, like an in-between gap that we were desperately needing in the city. So we have been praying for what you guys do, which is an emergency safe home mm-hmm. for probably the last seven to eight years, yeah. knowing that we were not equipped or mm-hmm. you know called to, to do that work. So yeah. when I ran into you again, I think this was maybe six or seven months ago, I was like, let's talk because we have mm-hmm. facilities and you have the programming. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so for those who didn't go back and watch episode 42, um, Jeff is helping establish an emergency assessment center. And so why don't you talk about how you even pitched the city to him? You pitched to yeah. so many other locations around the nation who have need of things like this. What did that look like for you guys talking that through? Well, I am a little bit opportunist. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have a, a pretty incredible facility. Part of our property that the Lord has like gifted us mm-hmm. with um, is like a multi-acre, multi-home, multi-building yeah. facility. Needs a lot of like reconstruction and work, but there's a lot of potential. And so when I ran into you um, in Baltimore, uh, you said that your long-term vision was to multiply this emergency safe home model across the nation. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, we have (laughs) houses, like we have facilities, we can do some work to them, but Mm -hmm. we need this in Houston so badly. You know, when we look at the landscape in, in Houston as it stands Right now, there's dozens of agencies um, Mm -hmm. all doing very different things and filling different needs, but we still have this major, major gap Mm -hmm. um, of emergency safe home. We can talk about what that looks like later, but uh, so we knew it was a need. We knew that our partners would be like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. There's not competition in this space. We need you. We can all benefit from the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I was just kind of like, I don't know what other cities you have in mind, but Houston is... It's a win. I'm yeah. telling you, you need to go to Houston first. So yeah. I uh, kind of shoved my way to the, the beginning <laughs> of the line, I think. Well, yeah. So in knowing that God had been preparing us mm-hmm. for growth and expansion and kind of a template for what that would look like, but then you don't really know where you're going to go and win. And, mm-hmm. and there's different opportunities that are at different levels of maturity yes. as, as opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So... There were, there's some groups that they've got a great leadership team together. Mm-hmm. They're learning the ropes. Mm-hmm. They're starting to build partnership in their community. Yes. They're starting to do outreaches to women in exploitation. Um, and then there's some communities where there's literally nothing going on mm-hmm. and just feel a sense of like the Lord may be calling to go pioneer. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then when Houston comes along and says, hey, we have a continuum in place. Mm-hmm. We with intervention, Mm -hmm. hotline, long-term care, Mm -hmm. partnerships with the city, law enforcement. It's just this piece that's missing. And oh, by the way, we have a home. Mm -hmm. And then our ears go, what, a home? Like that's that's always been the hardest part. Mm -hmm. So to know out of the gate, there's an opportunity for a home Mm -hmm. and it's already essentially been retrofitted for residential use Mm -hmm. similar to this. It, yeah, it catapulted. And then to hear about the already existing 
potential donor base mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. we believe in this and we'd love to put some resources yes. towards it, mm-hmm. yeah. that opportunity clearly was the most mature yes. in terms of readiness mm-hmm. to launch. So, What I love and I want to point out is you have two different leaders, two different ministries saying what we're good at. Mm-hmm. This is what we've been called to do. This is where we feel strong. And then how do we highlight the beauty of what we're each doing and then come together collaboratively? Yeah. So I just want to point that out to our listeners. There's a lot of people who are in the fight for uh, against injustice, uh, for human trafficking. But to see two people who understand where they fit in their lane and how they can come together is huge. Mm. So with that, I think it's a great time to just talk about, we have an announcement to yes. make for our listeners. And so, Micah, why don't you share a little <laughs> bit? What do we have to so share? So exciting. <laughs> so we are officially announcing the launch of our campaign partnership. Mm. So uh, Out of Darkness and Elijah Rising has officially entered mm. in to um, really a covenantal relationship, but a partnership to do this work, to do this work well. We have a mutually beneficial kind of model. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about this too, but it's not just going to serve Elijah Rising, right? And um, uh, the continuum of care that you talked about earlier, it's going to serve the greater Houston region, which I think is kingdom. It's a kingdom work. Uh, So, yep, official partnership. We're bringing in... Mm -hmm. uh, an emergency safe home to Houston. Yes, yeah. it's official. Yeah, come on. Right. So that you know, the way you can imagine probably most business deals closing, like people come to the table and they got their pins and contracts mm-hmm. and everything else. Um, we all worshipped together this morning. <laughs> yes. We prayed. We cried. We took mm-hmm. communion together, yes. and it's just a beautiful. It was a a beautiful kingdom wow. representation of. Mm-hmm really what the foundation of partnership is yeah. before the technicalities get signed off on mm-hmm. and all that stuff has to be worked through. But yeah. that piece, I think, it, it, when you can come together in that way, everything else just flows Absolutely. naturally after that. I love that you brought that up because it is the difference between the worldly perspective and the kingdom perspective, even looking at how they cut covenant mm-hmm. between one another in the Old Testament and Jesus sitting at a table breaking mm-hmm. bread and sharing wine mm-hmm. with his disciples, I think that model is so special. Why don't you qualify the need of an sure. emergency assessment mm-hmm. center? Why is that so important to our city and why is that important in partnership with Elijah Rising? Well, I think it, it probably is valuable. Some of the listeners already probably have some deeper level of understanding of the needs mm-hmm. of survivors and some maybe have never heard anything and maybe some people are somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But to understand that it's not just this blanket umbrella of we just need to serve mm. survivors of trafficking yeah. and there it helps to understand too that we usually view, view it through a circle mm. of mm. Um, we call it a, a cycle of change or stages of change yeah. of mm. a, someone who's in the lifestyle but even just to survive they convince themselves it's okay mm-hmm. I'm here because I want to be I could leave if I wanted to leave mm-hmm. but that's that even that thought process is a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. To the point of saying, okay, I actually want to think about Mm. what would it look like to move out of this situation and out of this lifestyle. And then the preparation for what does it take Mm -hmm. to make that action and then taking that action and then sustaining that action. And then sometimes relapsing back and going through the cycle again, Mm. but not as a you got to go back to the finish line, Mm -hmm. but actually understanding that 
that relapse or that go back recidivism, whatever you want to call it, can be part of the growth. Yes. Of now, I, now when I go back, I have a point of reference to compare mm-hmm. what I was experiencing with Elijah yeah. Rising or Out yes. of Darkness or whoever to what this lifestyle really is. That I, all the stuff I remembered nostalgically, well, he does love me and mm-hmm. we were going to do this and we were going to do that and we have these dreams together and he says he loves me. And now mm-hmm. when I'm experiencing his love, at the end of his fist or at the end of a needle compared to what I was experiencing in the care of one of these ministries becomes a lot more palpable. So understanding that at the point of intervention, which Elijah Rising does, Mm -hmm. where they're out on the streets with the ladies, building trust, building relationship, Mm -hmm. building hope, a sense of hope for the future, Mm -hmm. to the point where Rescue America comes in Mm -hmm. when someone's ready to take an action, make a phone call, ask for help, be picked up, then that missing piece is, then where do they go for immediate safety Mm -hmm. in a place where there's going to be 24-hour around-the-clock care and stabilization for two to three weeks on Mm -hmm. average, which is the piece that the emergency safe home would fill. And then as that happens Mm -hmm. and that survivor's sense of crisis and Mm -hmm. chaos comes down and they begin to see more clearly, then they can be empowered to make meaningful decisions about their future. Not just what do I need right now, but I'm physically safe, I'm emotionally safe, Mm -hmm. I have a support team around me helping me navigate this journey. Now where do I wanna go now, whether that's Elijah Rising or Redeemed Ministry Mm -hmm. or Refuge for Women, Mm -hmm. then we can help empower them to meet and learn about those opportunities and then make the decision that they feel like is best Mm -hmm. for what they wanna accomplish in the next step of their journey. it really no piece of the puzzle is more important than yes. the others. Each one is absolutely critical, and when any one is missing, mm-hmm. then the whole thing doesn't work the way it could optimally. Yes. So yes. we're excited to see in Houston this optimal response mm-hmm. to the needs of survivors. That's so powerful. Yeah, Paul even speaks to that in First Corinthians twelve. He talks about you know some body parts think that they're the most important, and so his ability to distinguish if you don't have this piece a part of your body you can't function mm. and so i think just to highlight what you're saying we have to see the critical need of each piece each partnership each person who's been called to this work where do they fit and how do we come together to see the strengths highlighted and the weaknesses supported um every joint supplying joint and so i just love that you said that jeff micah you talked about this center not just impacting the demographic but affecting law enforcement and different things like that how do we see this assessment center impacting the gulf coast region like the number one port for human trafficking Mm -hmm. in the nation how does that impact these other sectors yeah so i said earlier it doesn't serve just elijah rising so i Mm -hmm. think that's a really critical point Mm -hmm. um we so an emergency care will be able to accept residents um, from survivor leaders who have mm. connections with women who are still in the life. We wow. know several of those in the city who get a call at 3 a.m., right? Yeah. They don't have anywhere to go mm-hmm. except maybe their friend's bed or, you know, it, yeah. it's not very stable and that's not built out well. Um, NGOs like us mm-hmm. or there's multiple other agencies who do outreach and intervention. So yeah. again, when a woman when a woman makes that really scary, bold choice to say, I'm about to leave my abuser, mm-hmm. um, knowing that she 
could die. Like if he found her again, like that's a terrifying choice. And that window of opportunity Mm -hmm. is so narrow when we're actually out on the street at midnight or whatever. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, no, we have a place for you right now. Right. That is huge. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, okay, well give me three hours. We'll figure Mm -hmm. out, well, Mm -hmm. you know, is this a bed? Right. So, uh, other NGOs and nonprofits, um, church leaders, right? But law enforcement, yeah. man, law enforcement. Whenever they do a sting operation, whenever they recover women, um, they are in the same predicament Absolutely. as we are. They don't usually want to mm-hmm. um, arrest them, put them in jail. But sometimes that is the safest place for them, mm-hmm. right? And so knowing that you guys will be able to serve their needs. You'll even go and like pick them up yeah. from that. You know, yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. And so that's not even just local PD. That's the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. That's FBI. That's like Homeland. That's all different law enforcement yes. agencies. We have like over 30 in this area. So it's really going to serve the whole I would say Gulf Coast region, but even greater than that, because sometimes we'll even go uh, to DFW, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Dallas-Fort Worth area and make those transports if that's necessary. So Mm -hmm. it really is like a multi-agency collaborative effort. And then on the back end, you guys aren't just referring to Elijah Rising. Mm -hmm. You're referring to like you you mentioned several other safe homes. In addition to, you have a, a nationwide network mm, of safe mm. homes. That you, so if it's better for her to go back to Ohio, you yes. can do that. You so can facilitate good. that. Mm. So it's really looking at the needs of the survivor and being able to um, build the stepping stones mm. adequately for her to make the easiest exit yeah. out of her situation possible. Mm. Not about building our own kingdoms. Amen. It's about serving the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, the sojourner, Mm -hmm. the the exploited. And I think when people understand Mm -hmm. that there's not an agenda, but to just serve the least of these, it really can become about the the person instead of the organization, not trying to build our own name. And Mm -hmm. what I loved, we had had dinner last night and just kind of talking through some of these things. And our intervention director was sharing that that window is so short. You have... You have a woman who says, I'm ready to exit. I need to exit now. But because there hasn't been an emergency assessment center um, yet that's been able to help these women, talk about what that looks like for these women that Mm -hmm. they're coming out of these situations. What are we seeing? I really want to bridge for our listeners like the dire need for Mm -hmm. an emergency assessment center. Like I think... They go, why aren't you rescuing women? Why aren't you pulling them off the street? Mm-hmm. Like, what, why is this not being expedited? And I think they don't understand these missing links mm-hmm. that have been needed for that continuum to sure. move through. So can you talk a little bit to that? It's, that's such an important question because mm-hmm. I know I, as I was even just listening in my own mind to our conversation, I can anticipate some of the listeners yeah. thinking like, well, why can't they just be rescued straight into mm-hmm. Elijah Rising's mm-hmm. long-term program? Mm-hmm. Or, well, yeah. just get them in a hotel if that's yeah. what you have, right? And those are all, I think that has been what's happened yes. in the history of this work mm-hmm. is people want to respond to that need, yes. but it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the fact that this exploitation happens a lot in mm-hmm. hotels mm-hmm. and motels, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of returning someone mm-hmm. to the scene and the visuals that trigger yeah. the trauma they've experienced, it may be better than where they were, but it's not ideal. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about a patchwork of hotel rooms and 
people trying to go serve the survivor. And so let's say if you're serving 10 survivors in different 10 different hotel rooms across mm-hmm. the city, and then you're trying to send a case mm-hmm. manager here and there and bring them groceries and food, and oh, yeah. it's not ideal for the ones trying to provide services either. It mm-hmm. makes it really difficult and straining sure. on, a, on a small team with limited resources. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about the other option of rescuing straight into long-term, mm-hmm they're trying to protect the integrity of the work that they're doing. And you might have a survivor who's been in your long term for 10 months and is flourishing and doing well. Mm -hmm. And then someone gets rescued in who is literally high at the moment they're rescued, starting to feel that desire to go get a fix again and grabbing that person who's been there for 10 months, like, come on, don't you want to go get high Mm -hmm. with me? And Mm -hmm. it's not because they're meaning bad, like they don't mean ill, but no, but you want to do it together like mm-hmm. so yeah. that they they connect and if that person that's been there 10 months has been struggling that might be the the mm-hmm. thing that pushes them over the edge and they wind up leaving too and mm-hmm. when someone comes in that hasn't had the opportunity to stabilize yet or to or to take the time to say I want to understand what are the parameters at Elijah Rising? Like, what am I agreeing to when I go in? Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to do this and do that and give Mm -hmm. up this. So Mm -hmm. allowing them with this emergency safe home to come in, Mm -hmm. get as much information as possible, consent, really, like, we talk about informed consent in the medical field, not just give consent like, yeah, I'll go to Elijah Rising, but have the information that empowers that consent, then their likelihood and hopefully the ability to work their way through and stay mm. longer will be higher. And yes. for us, we were willing to absorb mm. relapse and recidivism mm. because we're, if again, if you can experience that difference, mm. call us back again when you're ready. Might be two weeks. Mm. We've had women leave and literally call back the next day and say, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have left. Can mm. I come back? Mm. Come on back. Yeah. Our, our question is, when you call back, can I come back again, whether it's the second time or the seventh time, mm-hmm. is what's changed between mm-hmm. when you decided to leave and where you're at now. Yeah. And if it really, if they just want to come get a shower, that's not what we are. Yeah. But if it's, I, I saw this, I experienced this, I learned this, and, and I'm ready to try that again, mm-hmm. it's, we talk a lot in the field about practicing leaving yes. or, or trying out mm-hmm. leaving. It's not a one time and it sticks all the time. For yeah. some people it is. We hope for that. We pray for that. Mm-hmm. But we want to create that environment where people can come and go without destabilizing yes. a long-term program. Yes. So that's hopefully helps illustrate the need for the emergency safe home. That mm-hmm. is so good, so powerful. Do you have anything to speak to that? I, and Well, it's also a service to the survivor mm-hmm. um, in, in the sense of from our limited knowledge of like traumatic brain injury and mm-hmm. just traumas, effects to the brain, you, when you're in that survival mode, you literally cannot think days or weeks or months mm-hmm. in advance. You have to deescalate. That's, well, that's another reason why we don't like force the gospel on people mm-hmm. on the street, you know, mm-hmm. because they, they're not in a space where they can make these life long, long-term decisions. They're like, where sure. am I going to eat next, yeah. right? Where yeah. am I going to get my next fixed? Or am I going to get beat when I walk you through that door? Like mm-hmm. those are the, that is the perpetual cycle. So what you guys are doing is so critical um, to just provide a sense of safety, felt safety, emotional mm-hmm. safety, physical safety, so that their brain can de-escalate, their their physiology can mm-hmm. de-escalate mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can come into a peaceful state as you know as much as they can in the next 24 to three mm-hmm. weeks 24 mm-hmm. hours to three weeks um 
in order to make some of those really critical life, lifelong, life-changing yes. decisions. Yes. That's really, really integral. You guys painted a really beautiful picture of kind of like the ambulance coming on the scene and then the emergency room. Talk through that. I think that visual is so helpful to our listeners to understand that pipeline of care. You have a woman who's in survival mode. That's what you just described. Mm -hmm. She's been in a a critical trauma. Mm -hmm. She's surviving. What happens? Who's the first response? Yeah. What do y'all want to say? So I'm happy to take it. You can feel, you know, correct me where I'm wrong. But, you know, so Elijah, I'll just take Elijah Rising. There's a lot of other agencies that do outreach Mm -hmm. and intervention, right? But when we're out, let's take the street, for example. I mean, there's gunshots going off. There's Mm -hmm. people are shooting up behind the dumpster. People are hiding from their pimp behind the corner. Like, there's a lot of cry. There's, it's a war zone, Mm -hmm. right? So when we come on the scene and that woman wants to exit, I mean, that's like the 911 call right there. We are literally making, either helping her make the call, making the call for her with her in that process. Mm. Um, And we call the hotline. So the local hotline, which is Rescue America, that would be like the dispatch, 911 dispatch, right? Mm -hmm. They are also dispatching, uh, okay, where are you? What's going on? Are you safe? What do you need? Are you Mm -hmm. ready to leave? If you're ready to leave, great. Let's dispatch an exit team, which would be like the ambulance, you know, Mm -hmm. coming to the scene, picking her up, taking her to a safe location, Mm. which has been missing (laughs) that safe interim location, which would be the emergency room, like Mm -hmm. is what you guys essentially serve as triage. Like Mm -hmm. what's your psychological need? Like let's, let's get you food, water, safety, a shower, that kind of stuff. Let's assess your need, uh, triage what we can, Mm -hmm. and then kind of inform you about the care plan going forward. Mm -hmm. So then from the emergency room, they're transporting to like the general floor or the ICU or something mm-hmm. like that, which is long-term care. Mm-hmm. So long-term care serves both of those needs of like inpatient unit. Yeah. Um, you know, I can think of a spectrum of need of, of just physical need to emotional, psychological need, mm-hmm. social need. And so um, that's why it's kind of a spectrum at general floor. Uh, you can be out in a few months or mm-hmm. maybe it's ICU and you're going to, you're going to take a couple years yeah. to rehab and recover. Um, and then from there would be like outpatient, right? We're checking in on you with case management, with mm-hmm. some wraparound clinical services, if you need it, housing support, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it, uh, I think it's just an easy picture for us who are not in the industry to just kind of understand the mm. need for in each of those specializations. You know, when the medical field originally started, it was like, you're the doctor for the mm. village, you know? Mm. Thank God we've we've learned enough over the, the decades and the years to, to have these specializations yes. and these really focused groups who do just what they do and do it really, really well. Yeah. Did you have anything to awesome. add? I miss that was anything? great. And I, I think... The one one other unique scenario that we see too is for the individual who winds up in a situation they didn't know they were getting into, whether they met somebody online, they thought it was a date, they thought it was a job opportunity, and law enforcement recovers them, mm-hmm. and then they just want to go home. Yeah. But they need a safe place to go while they finish forensic interview, yeah book a flight, whatever, so they can come for two or three nights and be safe while we help them get a flight back to their families, their communities, their children, Mm -hmm. whoever it may be. So in that case, you know, even from if someone just needs to be discharged Mm -hmm. from the ER Mm -hmm. back to their families, then the the home meets all of those Mm -hmm. needs and functions for the community. Incredible. As we look at all the services that are, are available, 
across the nation, but specifically here in Houston, I want you to speak to what makes this partnership so unique? Like what drew you to Elijah Rising? How do you see this partnership really carrying the vision that God gave you forward? What I continue to be blown away by is that Elijah Rising has its own budget, its Mm -hmm. own needs, Mm -hmm. the resources they're praying for to do their mission, the board that is stewarding this vision Mm -hmm. and giving their time and sacrifices, the staff that's sacrificing, Mm -hmm. and to also say, because the survivor is so important to us and because we want the Lord to be blessed by fulfilling all those functions of the body, that we are going to personally put a stake into Mm -hmm. seeing this happen. The home, Mm -hmm. getting the word out, advocating for us, because we're not here yet. So other than coming to do visits, who's who's touting that message, Mm -hmm. right? You guys are. And then to actually financially giving yourselves Mm -hmm. out of what you have worked hard to raise and to to do your work and say, we want to invest into you to do this at no personal gain to ourselves, but because it will better serve those who need it, it will better serve our community as a whole, it will please the Lord. And that is not the way the world works. Mm-hmm. It's not the way nonprofit culture works. I, we all wish it would, and there are great relationships and partnerships, but I have never seen this level of personal investment oh. and sacrifice from mm-hmm. another ministry before. Mm-hmm. And, and it just continues to blow me away and to bless me and, mm-hmm. and to confirm that God's doing something special here because mm-hmm. this is, it's not worldly culture, but it is kingdom culture. And yeah. so that it's wow. very affirming and confirming mm-hmm. to come here. Amen. That's so, so encouraging. Thank you. We just read out of um, Isaiah 11. I'm still kind of being mm-hmm. impacted by that piece that, God is going to break the jealousy mm-hmm. off of Ephraim, the harassment off of Judah, so that they can together go mm-hmm. against their enemy. And, and really, the, I think this is the main emphasis of why we wanted to do this podcast, is to really model something that we know is from Holy Spirit. We can't take the credit for, oh, we're just a really a great group of people who decided to do this. God's leadership has mm-hmm. been on this, which is why I wanted you guys to share that inception story. Mm-hmm. Um, even the process of getting to 2022, that first encounter was 2013. Mm-hmm. And the work mm-hmm. that has taken place, the purging, the refinement. And so really, I feel like this is an invitation to other leaders who are listening or other um, executive directors who are listening that this model is available mm-hmm. for them. But there's also an alliance being formed where others can be grafted into this work, bringing their strength. And so I would love, just as people are listening really all over the world, what, are, what do we need right now to really take this to the next step? Obviously, there's resources, there's mm. finances. Could the both of you speak to what we need to really see mm. this dream come to fruition? Sure. Um, yeah, we're, we have the facility. You know, facilities uh, are done. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just waiting to be filled. So that, oh. to me, is... Like you said, some some of the most the most difficult things sometimes. Like, okay, we want to do this, but where are we going to do this? So the facilities are done, the programming is mm, done, and on. I say that with such a huge <laughs> smile because we have worked here at, at Elijah Rising yeah. so hard to develop programming. It takes so 
long. Mm. Yeah. So the, pro, the how-to, the manuals, the policies, all yes. of that is done. You know how to do it. You've done it successfully for over a decade, mm. right? And, and I'll say this too, we haven't touched on this, but you guys have launched another program in another state before. So this isn't mm. like a pilot, you know, mm-hmm. like the, you're not testing the waters, you know yeah. how to do it. Um, so we've got the infrastructure, we've got the programming. Mm. Now mm. all we need is the funding and the people, the yeah. staff and the mm-hmm. volunteers. That's it. I would say community advocates with that too, the champions of this of this message. So funding, like I think while it's not necessarily easy, oh, it's such a such a breeze to raise what you what you need is seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um I don't mean to be flippant about it, but I think funding is some of the easiest Mm -hmm. to come by, honestly, Mm -hmm. when you have those other pieces in play. Um, And then people, we need staff Mm -hmm. to to be hired, to be trained up, and then to be launched into this ministry. So I'll Mm -hmm. let you kind of speak to that too. No, that's it. Uh, And that was really good. I I think one of the things to understand, because if you're going, whoa, that's a lot of money. Like, why do you have to raise that much money? Mm -hmm. Well, for the care model, and to Micah's point, being in our 11th year of doing this, mm-hmm. we have gone through multiple iterations mm-hmm. of staffing models, mm-hmm. what what helps protect the staff the most, what helps provide the most high-quality services for the residents. Yeah. And that's the model we're in right now. And we'll continue to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Columbus, Ohio, and Houston, Texas will learn and grow with us and we'll learn from the team here what yeah. we're learning from the team in Columbus like mm. as the network grows there's a collective learning that can mm-hmm. happen too but what we want to do is we want to raise the first 12 months of operating yeah. the home before we open the home mm-hmm. because we want to have that buffer that mm-hmm. as things like pandemics happen yeah. and mm-hmm. financing falls off and grants change and mm-hmm. foundations change mm-hmm. that there's that shock absorber built in yes. so that we're not opening three months later, closing because mm-hmm. we run out of money, reopening again three months later and having this rubber band snapping yes. back and forth, but that we build that cushion, like we build the storehouse mm-hmm. so that in the time of famine, we can draw from it right. and the services will go un- uninterrupted. Yes, And then... To the point about staff, I really believe, actually it hit me as Micah was talking, I believe in faith someone is listening to this that is going to become staff in this home, at least one person. So we have to get the word out Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we need the people that are feeling that stirring, like this Mm -hmm. is something God has put in my heart to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And and please understand, Mm -hmm. as beautiful and glorious as it all sounds and is, It is equally hard, Hmm. painful, challenging, and we've been talking about this together, that it requires a level of personal grit and resiliency that don't come in thinking you're going to be everyone's hero and you're going to be celebrated and every day is going to just be laughter and joy and baking cookies, but that will happen. There's a lot of laughter. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of baking cookies. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cursing, a lot of fighting, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of tears in the night, Mm -hmm. weight, effect on other relationships. Like how do I go, how do I go to Thanksgiving dinner and tell my family what I just experienced in this safe home in a way that they can actually empathize with me and understand what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. and if they don't want to hear that, then I have to hold that pain yeah. in myself. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. and so it can be lonely mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. But if you can count that cost 
and say, it is worth it. It's mm. the pearl of great price, mm -hmm. right? Then this work is for you. Yeah. And, and you don't have to have all the letters after your name. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have all the experience behind yeah, you. You just have really to have important. a willing yes and a right. genuine counting of the cost. Come on. Yeah. That's so good. I want to just add to that because I, I think that there is a misconception uh, in, in this whole mm. field that you do have to, you have like yeah. what qualifies mm -hmm. me to work with victims of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to say, we were in a meeting last week together and someone just said like something, a couple things so profound actually. Like one, you're, you are qualified because you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like you have the spirit of holiness, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, mm -hmm. the spirit of empathy and compassion. You are qualified yeah. because no one else on earth, like the secular cannot transform the heart. Mm -hmm. The only, the, the holy transforms yes. the, the heart and brings healing. So number one, you're qualified. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you love Jesus, walk with the spirit, you're qualified. Number two, it's not about I used to say calling, character, and competency is mm. what qualifies you for this mm. work. And I'm moving away from calling even because I mm. think it's, it's, no, it's a command mm. to care for the widow, yeah. the orphan, the poor, the marginalized, the mm. abused. Mm. Jesus commands his body to mm. do that. And so we are all called to this. It's just a matter of are you going mm. to step into your place of obedience? Yeah. You don't have to have a Shekinah glory moment mm -hmm. to say like, okay, now I'm qualified and equipped and called. Mm. No, Jesus said care for the poor. Yeah. And so whether that means you're in the home on a shift schedule mm -hmm. or you're a funder or you're an advocate or you're a mentor or you're a volunteer yes. or you bring hot meals or you pray for, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Exactly. We're all supposed to walk in that obedience. So I just want to speak to the listeners like you're qualified. Mm -hmm. You're qualified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think when I was listening to you just now about the Good Samaritan mm -hmm. that we don't know, yeah. like we don't hear MD, PhD, mm -hmm. JD. We, we yeah. hear of a man who saw someone broken and vulnerable mm -hmm. and in need, yeah. mm -hmm. and he was generous with his own resources and time yeah. mm -hmm. to do what he knew to do, mm -hmm. which was to take that person to the nearest inn and pay mm -hmm. for their stay and, and say whatever they need. If this mm -hmm. doesn't cover it, I'll, I'll make it right when I come back around, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so again, to Micah's point, whatever that looks like for you, mm -hmm. not don't condemn yourself if you don't feel called to raise your hand and say, That's I need right. to work in the emergency safe That's home. Right. If yeah. you say, look, I don't have what, I don't have the personal, God didn't create me mm -hmm. to do victim services, yeah. but I will tell the story mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will spread the word. I will, I'll be on an exit team. Yep. I'll go on an intervention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I will be part of the home. Maybe yeah. I, mm -hmm. and whatever God has given you gifts to do, yes. there's a place for it in recovery. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I just want to just stamp that encouragement. We are all commanded. And look, if you don't be that person who's already doing youth ministry and homelessness ministry, and now you're like, well, I have to do, God tells me I have sure. to do trafficking ministry yeah. too. Yeah. You're doing it. Yes. Like you're answering yes. the call. Yes. Whatever, whatever that marginalized, mm -hmm. vulnerable mm -hmm. population looks like, if you're already in somewhere, mm -hmm. thank you and keep yes. doing it. Keep up the yes. good work. That's good. 
I want to, one last thing is yes. that there's two parties to the Samaritan story. There's the mm. Samaritan who saw the need, but then transported the man to the person That's who right. actually did the work That's to right. care for him day in, right. day out, mm-hmm. day in, day out. But he supported it through funding. Yeah. And so we always say like our funders, our supporters, our donors are equal Equally. partners yes. in this right. work. Yes. So that's important too. So if you have been stirred, if your heart has been stirred for this mission and you want to assist Out of Darkness to get their emergency safe home launched, funded in Houston, we have a way for you to do that. Um, Until you guys are registered with the state of Texas, you you already have your 501, but you've got to register in this state. Elijah Rising's board has agreed to steward the finances so you can actually uh, give to Elijah Rising and designate it specifically for the emergency safe home 100% of those designated funds will be passed through directly to Out of Darkness for this project. Mm. You can do that by going to ElijahRising.org slash donate and clicking on the donate link and in the memo line, just type emergency and we will make sure that it gets uh, to you guys 100%. Thank you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. I had some more questions, but we really, we hit it really well. Mm. So thank you guys, Jeff. Thank you so much for being here. We always love having you in town. Um, Micah 6, 8 just hit my spirit. What does the Lord require of you? He has showed us to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. And so if you were stirred in any capacity, whether that's to give or to look at the jobs that are available uh, through Elijah Rising, through Out of Darkness, we just encourage you, reach out to us. Some of you know someone who's like, I know someone who, who's qualified, who's ready for this, this line of work. We just invite you. Uh, the Lord said that the, the harvest is white, but the laborers are few. So we just as we end this, we call forth laborers into this work. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at ElijahRising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.